Welcome to Centre Church. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. We're, uh, we're starting a new series this morning titled Entrusted. And uh, we just came through a series last month where we, we looked at this this idea, this concept that we were made for more. We were made to more than just exist for self, but we were created to be part of a body. And in many ways, what we're going to look at over the next eight weeks is a carry-on from the beginning of this term. Uh, and so this title of this series is called Entrusted, and we're going to work through 2 Timothy in its entirety in our Sunday services. And so uh, this this series is looking at two people, really, in particular. We're looking at the Apostle Paul, and we're looking at Timothy. And in the context of this time, Paul is near the end of his life. He's really kind of at the final stages. And this letter is one of those kind of final impartations to Timothy, his young protege, the one that he really has this close connection to. Now, Timothy is someone who has a Jewish mom, but has a Gentile or Greek father. Uh, He's someone who's got a rich heritage in the faith, and uh, he's really someone special to Paul, as we'll find out this morning. There's a very special relationship. But very much through this whole letter, we see Paul communicate something of entrusting something to him, of what Paul has learned, what he's experienced, and he's imparting this to Timothy. Now, we're going to read this morning 2 Timothy 1 to 7. And so that's the passage of Scripture we're going to look at this morning, and then we're going to unpackage it as we go along. So starting off, Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, in keeping with the promise of life that is in Christ Jesus. To Timothy, my dear son, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve, as my ancestors did, with a clear conscience, as night and day I constantly remember you in my prayers. I I recall your tears. I long to see you so that I may be filled with joy. I'm reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded now lives in you also. For this reason, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. For the Spirit, for the Spirit God gave us, sorry, does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. Now we can see at the very beginning of this passage, the sense of longing that Paul has to see Timothy. I mean, this is before internet. This is before text messaging. Uh, they weren't doing FaceTime on their phones. They were, they were having to communicate by letter or, or through kind of one person traveling to the other. Now, Timothy at this moment is pastoring or leading the church in Ephesus. And this communication that Paul is giving to him is this kind of his heart. saying, man, I long to see you every night. I mean, I, I think about you. I long to see you. And, and if I saw you, my joy would be made complete. It's kind of that feeling, I don't know if you've had over this last couple of years, uh, where you've been separated from people because you couldn't see them. I mean, even for people in our own country, there's been a disconnect, right? Because we haven't been allowed to. And your heart starts to long for those people that are closest to you. Now, Paul has the same thing with Timothy. Now, I want to look at a few things this morning from this particular passage of Scripture. And uh, in verse 5, we see that Timothy has been entrusted with something. 
We see Timothy has been entrusted with something. It says this in verse 5. It says, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I am persuaded now lives in you also. There's just something that had been entrusted to Timothy. Now, it was a relationship that was passed on from grandmother to mother to now to Timothy. There was this, this passing on of something that was genuine, something that was real in the relationship with God. When we talk about faith that was sincere, it was a relationship. It wasn't a religion, but it was a relationship with Jesus Christ that Timothy had encountered through this relationship. Now, I want to demonstrate this. Maybe you three guys, yeah, we've got a, a Tom and two other guys. Why don't you come up to the front? We're going we're gonna to do something really special today. Now, now who wants to be Lois? I will be. I will be. You'll be Lois, okay? Yeah. You don't really look like a Lois, but it's okay. You're the grandmother. Okay, so... Okay. This is almost a pantomime. All right. Okay, here we go. So something happened in Lois's life, right? The grandmother. Something of a genuine richness, a, re a relationship with God. Something happens inside of her. And uh, if you're a parent or you, 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 you've experienced Jesus, like we said last week, there's a sense of God has done something in you and you want to pass it on to those closest to you, don't you? You want to, you want to do something uh, that's going to impact their life as much as it impacted your life. And so Lois has had this encounter with Jesus. Look at, I mean, Lois is on fire. <laughs> Lois is on fire. And uh, Eunice, Lois's daughter, also has this. <laughs> now, Lois is watching, sorry, Eunice is watching Lois and thinking, man, I want what, what my mom has. I want this for myself. And so the, the relationship happens and they begin to talk and they share and Lois is praying for Eunice and, and there's something happens in Eunice's life and a fire starts in her life. <laughs> wow, that's good, that's good. And so now young Timothy grows up in this home and... Uh, there's something powerful going on. God is moving in, in, uh, in Lois and Eunice, and, and now Timothy. Catches the fire. Now, this moment, Timothy has been entrusted with something. He's been entrusted with this relationship with Christ Jesus. There's something been instilled in his life. And so Paul said, look, I, I am reminded of your sincere faith, which first lived, right? Which first lived in your grandmother. It, it also lived in your, your, your mom, but I am persuaded lives in you also. Something is alive in your heart. Something is there. Something's powerful. It's, it's a flame. Now you guys can blow those out. Take a seat. Thank you. Well done. Now we've got a smoke effect. <laughs> now, there's a, there's a value to understanding this. Because the next part of this verse says this. 
For this reason. What was the reason? For the reason, the fact that, that something had been passed on to them. Now, this is really... <laughs> For this reason, God, God has put something, deposited something in your life. There's sincere faith. For this reason, I'm calling you to do this. Verse 6. For this reason, I am reminding you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. You see, he was entrusted with something, but now he had a responsibility to fan it. You see, like a fire, I mean, this is really smoking now, isn't it? All right, thank you, Caleb. There we go. Woo! <laughs> he, was he was given this responsibility. God had done something in his life. I, I believe this morning, if you've given your life to Jesus, something has lit inside of your heart. Something is there. God has put his spirit inside of you. There's something there, a calling, a purpose, a fire. Now, uh, Tim Timothy is encouraged. I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God. You see, there's, there's a responsibility now that Timothy has. He's been entrusted with something that he must not let be smothered, to die out, to just kind of put in the deep recesses of his heart, but to fan it into flame, give it oxygen, pray into it, make it come alive inside of you. You see, I believe when God calls us to fan something into flame, it's the gifts, it's the calling, it's the abilities, it's the vision, it's the dreams, it's all that God has for you. When he thought of you, when he called you into this world, when he planned for you to be in this time, he put something inside of you by his spirit, and he calls us to fan that into flame. You see, everything in this world would, would want to kind of stifle that, would want to kind of have us live in conformity to what everyone else is doing. But the Bible says, don't be conformed to the patterns of this world, right? but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Why? Because God calls us to fan into flame what He's put inside of us. God has put something inside each one of us that we must not let die. You see, life has a funny way. We go through challenges. We go through hard times. And sometimes this fire that maybe when we first gave our lives to Jesus, man, we were on fire. There was a passion in our heart. We wanted the world to know about Jesus. You know, we we're going to serve him 100%. We're all in. But then as time goes on, you get your job. You get married. You, you buy the house. You get the thing. You just start to settle down. And that fire you once had in serving Jesus starts to become this little ember. This little coal deep inside your heart. Now, Paul said, look, you gotta, you got to give it some oxygen. you got to fan it. There's, there's something inside of you, Timothy. I know what God is capable of doing through your life, but you must not let that die. You need to fan it into flame. Can I say for you and for me, we need to fan into flame what is inside of us by the Spirit of God? You see, only you can do that. Only you can, can say, God, what is it you want to do in me? You see, I believe that fanning is praying into what it is God has deposited into your life. I, I believe it's also allowing God to speak. You see, sometimes we have our blinkers on, or we, have our, we kind of have our ear defenders on, and we, we, we want to hear what we want to hear, but God said, look, if you open up, if you give it space for the Holy Spirit to move, it'll come alive. You see, sometimes I think we're afraid to let the Holy Spirit have His way in our hearts in case He might say something or do something that challenges us. 
Let the fire in our bones motivate us to what God wants to do through us. Starts from this position. We've been entrusted with something. When we gave our lives to Jesus, His Spirit was deposited in our hearts. We see that in Scripture, don't we? There's a, there's a flame. There's, there's something that comes alive inside of us. Now, we're called in this passage to fan that into flame. To fan it into flame. Let it be something that is a, a fire inside of us. But then when we, keep leaving, when we keep reading, the next verse, verse 7, says four. So we have two fours. Verse 6, for this reason, I remind you. But then verse 7, for the, for the Spirit of God gave us a spirit that does not make us timid, but gives us power, love, and self-discipline. And so we move from this position of fanning, but also stepping into. We're fanning it into flame, but we're stepping into what God has for us. You see, the very first thing when we start to say, God, have your way inside of us. Have your way in me. The very first thing that happens is fear. How many have ever had fear before? Some of you didn't put up your hands. <laughs> now, either you're dead... Well, you just didn't put up your hand. I, can I say every one of us has experienced fear at some point along the line. You see, whenever God starts to move, fear is right at the door knocking. I, I don't know if you've ever had that. I remember when, when God uh, called us to, to come to this part of the world and, and this sense of, yeah, God, I'm so excited. We were in, a word, you know, in those worship services when everything seems possible. You know, when you're in the presence of God, everything seems possible. But Monday morning, boom, fear is at the door knocking. Oh, hold on. What did I say yes to? Why am, I, why am I? What? God? No, 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 no. Let's back this up. Reel it in. Well, I think I was just excited in the moment. But God, I want to be serious now. I got responsibilities. I can't be doing that kind of crazy stuff. Can I just say, timidity or fear is not from God. God's spirit never moves on the side of fear or timidity. Never. And so when we have fear knocking at the door, we know that's not Jesus. Amen. He's not the one knocking. It's the enemy knocking. The enemy wants to stop us. And I tell you what, fear will stop us in our tracks. It will stop us from going forward because fear has a way of immobilizing us. You see... Paul is saying to Timothy, look, you need to fan this fire inside of your heart, this calling, this, these, these abilities, these talents, all the things that God has packaged inside of you, fan it into flame. But don't let fear stop you from going forward. You need to step into the fullness of what God has for you. You see, we can have fear of man. I, I found this astounding statistic that more people are afraid of public speaking than death. More people are afraid of public speaking than death. So, this is true. You'd rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. <laughs> Crazy, isn't it? Death was number eight on the list of the top ten. Public speaking was number one. Fear, why? Why are we so afraid of being in front of other people? You see, that fear can stop us in our tracks from fulfilling what God has. We can have the fear of failure. What happens if we step out and it doesn't work out? We can have the fear of the unknown. Again, fanning something into flame can be a dangerous thing because we don't know where it goes. 
If we light a fire inside of us and, and we, 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 we give it oxygen and we give it space to grow and, and become a, a, a furnace, we don't know where that will go. A forest fire is a powerful thing, doesn't it? It can destroy, but also it, it can heat a home. It can, when it's controlled and when it's moved for the, the right purposes, it can be powerful. Fear of being hurt. What will people say? My family might reject me. Those close to me might not understand this. Can I just say, the good news this morning, that God has not given us a spirit of fear, but he's given us a spirit to combat fear. You see, the spirit that lives inside of you is the spirit of power. There's a power inside of you that is greater than any fear that you possibly could face. It's greater than any circumstances you possibly could go through. His power within you is greater. You see, that power, it's the same power that raised Christ from the dead, dwells in us. And I tell you what, if some dead corpse in a tomb somewhere can come back to life because the Spirit of God was upon that person, upon Jesus, if that same Spirit is, is in me and is dwelling in me, how can I say I can't do something? Come on. His Spirit is a Spirit of power. Power to be what? Power to be a witness. Power to open your mouth, power to profess, power to be who God calls you to be. God has given you everything you need to live out this life for His purpose and His glory. He's giving you power. It's within you. We need to fan into flame the calling, the purpose, the gifts, all the things that God has deposited. But then walk into the Spirit. Step into all that He has for us. Step into the power. You see, the Spirit of God gives us the perspective that we need. You see, if we understand that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, if we understand that he who is in me is greater than he that is in the world, his power gives me perspective. Why am I afraid? Why am I timid in this moment? When I'm on the winning side, when I've got a God who's able to supply every need, when I've got a God who's more than capable to do through my life, more than I could dare to dream or imagine, I have a God who's big. And His Spirit brings out that perspective. His Spirit brings out that perspective. We have power. But also His Spirit is love. You see, in John 1 John 4, it says, God's perfect love drives out fear. His perfect love drives out fear. Can I just say, fear and timidity are not from God. You might say, well, I'm just a timid person. I tell you what, get into the Spirit of God. I was sharing with someone this last week. I, some of you have already heard this, so forgive me. When you've been somewhere long enough, you start telling the same stories. Really? <laughs> not for you, John, though, not for you. <laughs> when I uh, came to Jesus, I was a child, and I didn't remember that moment of encounter with my parents when I gave my life to Jesus. I, I walked into I grew into it. But I tell you, when I was 18, I was in a meeting, and I wasn't filled with the Holy Spirit at that point. But God touched my life in that moment. And I can I say, that day, or that evening, when I was in that service, and I was filled with the Holy Spirit, I had a timidity upon my life. I was, I was the quietest guy you would meet. Donna knew me at that time before. I mean, we were in a close relationship before that moment. And I was the quiet guy. I never public spoke. I never did anything in front of people. I was the quiet guy. But that night changed my life. The Spirit of God came upon me and a boldness came upon my life. I mean, this would have scared me spitless before. Being in front of you lovely folk. 
I couldn't do it. But the Holy Spirit came upon me when I was baptized in the Spirit, and he gave me a boldness. You see, it isn't about personality. Sometimes we, we hide behind a personality. But his spirit changes. His perfect love drives out the fear. You see, we have a, his perfect love drives out the, the fear because God loves us and gives us a security. He always cares. Nothing can change his love for us. Nothing can separate us from his love. And so there's this disarming element of his love. You see, fear is all about, you know, as I said earlier, the fear of rejection, the fear of being hurt, the fear of the unknown. You see, if God is for us and he loves us and he cares for us, it drives out the fear because if God is going to be there and he knows what's best for me and he loves me and cares for me, it takes away the fear because I can just trust Abba Father. If he's in me and he's for me and he's helping me, what do I have to fear? Because dad is with me. I've shared this in the past, but there's something powerful when I remember as a kid go, being someplace that's scary with dad because dad was bigger. And when you're a little guy and you're looking at your dad, you just know he could take on anything because he's your dad. When you get older, you realize that's probably not true. But um, <laughs> at that moment, there's a, such a confidence as children we have and knowing, and not maybe just a dad, but also just a parent. Someone's there who's bigger, stronger, who knows the way. You see, God is saying, look, my, I love you. My heart is for you. And this love that I have towards you cannot be changed. And so I just want you to, to go forward and succeed in my plans and purposes. I tell you what, that drives out the fear that we'd otherwise have. But lastly, his spirit that is within us gives us self-discipline or self-control. You see, stepping into God's plans and purposes requires an element of us being self-controlled and disciplined, saying, I am going to keep going forward. I'm going to step into this, regardless of maybe what I feel, regardless of my emotions, because God has called me. There's something in me. I know that God is moving. I know his plan is there. And so even though everything in me wants to put on the brakes, I'm going to keep going. That is self-control. It's the fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? It's one of the fruit of the Spirit we see. Part of the fruit of the Spirit. Not to coward away. Christ has given us authority, both in our minds and in this world, to go for it. To be self-controlled. You see, sometimes we let our minds or circumstances or our situations get away from us. And God said, look, I, I'm with you. But you need to control yourself. There are times where we need to rein our thoughts in. There are times when we need to, 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 to discipline ourselves. You second-year students are about to enter into a time of discipline, of having to learn, having to grow, having to study, having to be disciplined. Why? Because that's part of what it is to go after what God has for us. Can I just say, in this Christian life, nothing just happens. Always requires our, our engagement. You see, the great missionaries, the great pastors, the great people who've won the world for Christ, the great people, nothing just happened in their lives. There were moments when they were self-controlled and just stayed the course. Sometimes it's just staying the course. I think of the Ephesians where it says, when we've done everything just to stand, that's being self-controlled, isn't it? Self-disciplined, just to stand in the face of the battle, saying, I will keep standing. I won't give up. I won't give up. Even though everything in me wants to stop, wants to give up, wants to lay down and die, I won't stop. Amen. God is on my side. 
We've been entrusted with something of great value. Each one of us. We have these earthen vessels, but we have something of great value that God has placed inside of each of us. And if you've given your life to Jesus, I tell you what, you've got the greatest value inside of you that this world has ever known. The Spirit of God. And this morning, I, I want to encourage us to fan into flame, to activate what God has put inside of you already. Maybe you're here this morning and, and life is just taking control. And really that fire you once had, that first love, that passion, well, it's a bit of an ember now. This morning, God wants to fan that aflame again in your heart. That there will be something burning inside of you that motivates you out of the bed in the morning. That, that passion, that heart. But secondly, if, if, if things of this world have grabbed hold of you, if fear has taken hold of you, this is the day to break those things. Again, to invite the Holy Spirit to come and to give us the power, give us the love, give us the self-control that we can go forward and step into all that he has for us. Can I just say as a final thought, the term I can't should not be part of our vocabulary when it comes to our relationship with God. And if ever you say that to me, in relation to stepping forward, it's not of God. Can I just say that in love? I can't do that. I can't. We can. If God is with us, if he's calling, if he's speaking, we can. We can. The enemy says we can't. But we need to get the perspective of the Holy Spirit inside of us. We can. Thank you for watching this week's message. For any more information or to find out more of what we do as a church, you can contact us at info at or check out our website at www.centre-church.uk.